I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13 Lord, I thank you that there is no limit to what I can accomplish, no limit to what I can achieve. I can be successful in every area of my life, in every assignment that you've given to me. I can seize every opportunity, and I can rise to meet every challenge. I can overcome every obstacle. I can defeat every enemy. And I can flourish and thrive and prosper. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Failure is not going to be a part of my vocabulary. I will do what can't be done. I will take you at your word. Nothing is impossible for me. Today I will break down walls and barriers and take new territory for your kingdom and for your glory. I will live a life of love and joy and peace. I will receive everything you have for me, every blessing you want to give me. More and more of your greatness, your power, will be revealed to me. I declare that my life will be an example, an inspiration to everyone around me, a testimony. Others will see and hear and give glory. I thank you and I praise you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Stay tuned to immerse yourself in the greatest stories ever told from Pray.com's podcast, Heroes in the Bible. Hello, my name is Matthew Potter, co-founder of Pray.com. And before we start today's episode of Heroes in the Bible, I wanted to ask, do you know what your bank does with your money? At America's Christian Credit Union, your everyday banking helps grow churches, expand the reach of missions agencies, and supports fellow believers across the country. Learn more about specials for switching to ACCU and their nationwide banking capabilities at America's Christian CU dot com forward slash pray. Plus the peace of mind knowing that this credit union is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. Hi, I'm Dr. Tony Evans, your host for Heroes in the Bible. If you've been enjoying this series, please write a review and let me know how this podcast has impacted your life. Welcome to the Epic Adventure of David, a story of honor, battle, jealousy, darkness, friendship, love, scandal, and murder. While most people know of David the myth, few know about David the man. In this episode, we realize just how far we have come since the story of David and Goliath. The simpler stories of good versus evil are no more, and now it's time to wade deeper into the waters of political unrest, revenge, and scandal. The plot of David's story is about to thicken, and what was once black and white will begin to seem more gray. King David is a pure soul, but he has entered into an arena wrought with wickedness and contempt. If he isn't careful, it will corrupt him, and it will certainly take more than good intentions and motivational speeches to unite this divided kingdom. This episode will give us a glimmer of hope that peace is possible, and David will have victory in his grasp. But peace has an enemy, and its name is revenge. The spirit of revenge is the new foe David has yet to fight, and in this episode, David seems to be outmatched. 
Will he be able to win darkened hearts back to the light? Is David up to the challenge of being king, or should he have remained in Ziglag with his farm and family? We will begin this episode with a prelude, going back to the most ancient of times when revenge first slithered its way into the heart of man. Hatred, jealousy, and vengeance have existed since the first family, so it is no wonder that it seems like a formidable foe. How will the giant slay a fair against this new titan? We will find out in Episode 20, The Blood of Abner. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Prelude to Chapter 20 Cain gripped the dirt below him in anger. On his knees, he cursed God and lamented. Why have you rejected my offering? He yelled. Was I not diligent? Did I not labor for you? Cain's anger was palpable. His body trembled with unhinged rage. Why are you angry, Cain? God said. If your heart does well, will you not be accepted? Cain burst to his feet and shook his fist on high. He yelled in agony, enraged that his sacrifice was rejected and his brother's was accepted. God's gentle voice spoke through the wind, saying, A trap is laid out before you. Vengeance and hatred are seeking to take you, Cain. Sin knocks at your door. Resist it. Do not let it rule However, Cain would not listen. He stormed away in a fury. As night draped over the new earth and stars scattered across the firmament, Cain approached his brother Abel, who was tending to his sheep in the field. Galaxies painted the night in a thousand different colors, and the light shined down on Cain's face, a face of vengeance and hate. He picked up a stone from the ground and walked towards his brother. Abel, Cain said. Startled, Abel turned around to see his brother running at him with a stone in his foot. The sheep scattered in fear as Cain unleashed his contempt for God onto his brother. Blow after blow, Cain spited his creator by murdering his image bearer. The crime against his brother Abel 
was really an act against God. Blood soaked the ground underneath Abel's dead and mangled body. Cain screamed into the night sky, raging like a madman. The murder of Abel was the first of many crimes against life. Cain destroyed the chance for peace between him and his brother by spilling his blood. In doing so, he started a pattern. A pattern of vengeance instead of forgiveness. A pattern of hatred instead of love. A pattern of war instead of peace. Chapter 20 The Blood of Abner The blood of slain brothers cried out from the ground. The clanging of swords and the firing of arrows rang in the ears of God's people. With every battle, their hearts became more grieved. The civil war between Ishbosheth and David had waged for two years. The armies of Joab raged against the armies of Abner, and there was great bitterness between them. The moral strength of Israel was waning under the leadership of King Ishbosheth. His weakness of character and fragile ego left Abner with no choice but to take hold of the kingdom and rule it himself. Ishbosheth was king in name only sitting upon his throne in fine robes with decadent feasts sprawled out before him. Yet for all his pomp and adornment, he had no strength of heart to lead. The foundation of the kingdom of Israel was on shaky ground, only moments from collapsing. Meanwhile, David had become fruitful in Judah. He had amassed an army of well-trained men, fighting in the name of honor and devotion to their king. He opened up trade with the non-hostile nations, importing key goods that they had been lacking since the division of Israel. King David built treaties with households through marriage, gaining the loyalty of kings and rich nobles who could help fund the rebuilding of the kingdom. Through his six wives, David sired six sons, Amnon, Chiliab, Absalom, Adonijah, Sephatiah, and Ithriel. David's fruitfulness became renowned among the land, Along with his military exploits and political clout, David had successfully won the heart of his people. His favor, power, and affection became famous, thus reaching the ears of King Ishbosheth. Not only had David bested him in war, but he had become a better king than he could ever hope to be. Ishbosheth sank low on his throne, sulking in his kingdom, built on sinking sand. Abner awoke to the morning sun peeking in through an open window. The morning spring breeze flew in from outside, brushing up against his bare chest. He pulled the sheets closer and looked next to him. A woman lay beside him naked under the covers. Her warm and soft skin rubbed up against him. The sheets laid over her curves, causing Abner to blush. He enjoyed this moment of peace, gently stroking her hair before she awoke. Her eyes fluttered open, and she gave him a smile as sweet as honey. Good morning, she whispered. Her gentle voice made his heart leap with affectionate joy. He gazed into her hazel eyes, reflecting the sunlight dancing through the window, and kissed her. The two of them smiled, yawned, and stretched. Rizpah wrapped the sheets around her body and walked over to Abner's window. She turned her cheeks to the morning sun and soaked it in. With her eyes closed, she smiled and said, <sighs> These are the mornings I never want to forget. Abner walked over and held her close. Moments like these are all we have. Small pauses from the madness of life. Abner and Rizpah had grown very fond of each other in the past two years. She was one of the concubines in Saul's harem. 
considered a piece of royal property passed down to Ishbosheth. However, Abner saw her as much more than that. She was beautiful, kind, and undoubtedly strong. The two were drawn to each other despite their circumstances. Abner knew that she was a part of the king's harem, and that sleeping with her was considered the same as stealing property. However, Abner felt that he was entitled to some joy in his life, considering the sacrifice he had made for King Ishbosheth. He had successfully put him on the throne, and now led the nation on his behalf. It was he who marched into battle and into danger. It was he who convened with the elders and strategized with generals. Rizpah was surely a fair price for his loyalty. He had dozens of concubines after all. Abner held Rizpah tightly in his arms and kissed her neck. The two of them stared out the window, admiring the colors of spring. However, their sweet moment of bliss was interrupted by one of the king's servants entering with a message. The young man quickly realized he should have knocked and immediately bowed his head apologetically. The boy awkwardly looked up, saw Rizpah, and then left in a hurry. Rizpah quickly gathered her clothing anxiously. Her and Abner knew that this was not good for them. The servant would undoubtedly report this to the king. I, I have to go back to the palace before the king sends for me, Rizpah said in a nervous voice. Abner was vexed by the situation. He shouldn't have to hide anything from the king. He was entitled to whatever he desired. Don't leave. If the king desires to make an argument about our dealings, I will be sure to put his mind at ease, Abner said. Rizpah held Abner's face and kissed him. Oh, I cannot risk it, she said while shaking her head. I am bound to the king by law, and fear the worst for us both if I do not comply with his demands. I will pray you can sway him, for I know he holds you with great respect. With those words, Rizpah departed out the door back to the king's harem. Abner sat in silence for a long while, then got dressed and made his way to the palace. As he entered into the halls where King Saul once reigned, he could not help but feel sorrow for what had become of the kingdom. The empty halls echoed past failures and shattered dreams. King Ishbosheth was hunched over in his throne, pouting with a cup of wine in his hand. Abner bowed his head and looked at the king. You send for me, my lord? He asked innocently. Ishbosheth tilted his head to the side and glared at Abner. His rosy cheeks and dilated eyes revealed that he had been drinking all morning. His lack of self-control disgusted Abner. The only job Ishbosheth had was to act like a king and leave the ruling to him. Instead, he insisted on acting like a child. The boy king leaned back in his throne and murmured. I had originally beckoned you so we might debrief from yesterday's court of elders. However, more pressing issues have come to my attention. Ishbosheth lingered for a moment, hoping to make Abner stir. Is it bad enough that I have half my kingdom following another man unworthy of the throne? Now I have another man sleeping with my concubine. Who do you think you are taking what my father passed down to me? Have you no respect for the throne? You shame yourself for stooping so low. Abner's eyes met Ishbosheth's. The king expected a look of shame and contrition. Instead, he only saw anger. Abner gritted his teeth and took a step forward. No respect for the throne, Abner said, seething with anger. Am I a dog's head of Judah? Abner continued to step even closer to the throne. Now it was Ishbosheth who grew uncomfortable. The commander continued his questioning. 
Tell me, my king, who among the two of us fought side by side with your father, his brothers, his friends, and his sons? Who among us marched against David and the armies of Judah? Who out of the two of us has bled for the cause of Israel and marched into harm's way? Have I not protected you, elevated you, and served you despite your impotent leadership and childish whining? Ishbosheth opened up his mouth to speak, but Abner took out his sword and extended it towards the king. Walking closer to the throne, Abner continued his raving. You dare treat me as if I have given you over to the enemy? After all I have done, you charge me today with a fault concerning a woman you have no interest in? You have the gall to scold me sitting atop a throne I won for you with my own blood and sweat? Abner swung his sword into the table in front of Ishbosheth. Anger dripped from him like molten hot metal. The king cowered in his throne, paralyzed with fear. Abner leaned in close to the king, lowered his voice, and spoke clearly, saying, Hear me now, boy. May God strike me down if I do not elevate David to take hold of what has been sworn to him by the Lord. From the land of Dan to Beersheba, the throne of David will reign over this land. You have lost my loyalty. Abner waited for a response from the king, but there was none. He scoffed and stepped away from the throne. Coward, he said. Abner spat on the ground, removed his sword from the table, and stormed off. Ishbosheth said nothing. He was white-faced and shocked at what had taken place, and began lamenting the fall of his kingdom. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. King David sat with Benaiah, who had been promoted to captain of the guard. Together, they discussed the enforcement of the law and relationships to local judges. With their newfound success, they needed to steward their resources well and keep the people accountable to God. David took great care into not just being a man of military success. He had dreams of being a king of peace, not just war. As the two were in discussion, a messenger came in from Israel. The young man refused water at the door, for his message was urgent and needed to reach David as soon as possible. The boy cleared his throat and spoke. <coughs> Thus says my master, Abner, to whom does this land belong? It has been my most recent conviction that the Lord has anointed you to steward his land and his people. Make a covenant with me, and behold, my hand shall be with you to bring Israel back to you. David and Benaiah exchanged looks of confusion. What has prompted this change of heart from Abner. What is he to gain from this? Benaiah asked. David pondered. 
He would not have sent a message as a trap. It would be dishonorable. If he has extended this message, it must be because something has happened between him and Ishbosheth. I would still like assurances that this is not a trap, Benaiah said. Perhaps there is a symbol of goodwill we can require of him. If he truly desires to move the loyalty of an entire kingdom in your favor, surely he would be willing to extend an effort of clarity. David nodded in agreement. I know just the thing. David stepped forward and said to the messenger, Tell your master that I will accept his request to meet. However, I have a condition. He shall not see my face until he brings me my first wife, Macau. Saul's cruelty turned her away from me, and she was given to another man. I slayed a hundred Philistines for the right to marry her, and I desire her back. Another wife, Benaiah mumbled. Be careful, my friend. David ignored his friend's jab and continued to the messenger. I want my wife back. Being married to her gives me more claim as Saul's successor, his son-in-law. Hopefully this will garner more confidence in the elders. The messenger bowed his head and sent word to Abner. Only days after receiving David's message, Mekal was taken away from her husband and sent to him. Abner had followed through on his word. Now, with the full trust of King David, Abner began to lobby for the kingdoms to be united once again. Gathered in his own home, the elders of Israel conferred and deliberated. My lords, Israel is on shaky ground. Ishbosheth lacks the stability and strength to lead us, Abner said. For some time, I know many of you have been pining after David to be king over you. We have all witnessed the military and economic success of Judah. It has now become clear to me that we have made a mistake in anointing Ishbosheth. I humble myself before you and declare that I was wrong. The elders stirred in their seats and murmured to one another. What has caused this change in conviction, Abner? Are we to trust the words of a man so easily swayed? Abner nodded and sighed. When the winds of the Lord blow, we must bend. It is not a weakness to repent, he replied. The Lord has made his choice. He himself spoke, saying, By the hand of my servant David, I will save my people Israel from the hand of the Philistines and from the hand of all their enemies. Abner, a military man, now spoke with the conviction of a prophet. His change of heart was clear in his words, and the elders of Israel agreed. It was now time for the two divided kingdoms to come together under the Lord's chosen hero. David looked out his window towards the gates. Abner and a small band of his most loyal men had entered to deliberate and celebrate the new union of kingdoms. There was still much to be done, and Abner would be crucial to the plan. Wearing the royal robes gifted to him by Jonathan, David entered the dining hall to greet Abner. The two men sat and ate together. They reminisced of their military exploits and time serving under Saul. Both of them were warriors at heart and men of honor. David was surprised to discover just how much the two of them had in common. Abner then began to speak of the business regarding the two kingdoms. I will arise from here and gather Israel under your rule. I have already deliberated with the elders. Now it is a matter of securing the governors and military generals. It will not be easy, but if the Lord wills, we shall see a united kingdom under you. David could sense the earnest desire for peace in Abner's voice. 
He nodded and said, Thank you, Abner. The future of God's kingdom looks brighter than ever. With those parting words, Abner bowed and left with his men. Both David and Abner were eager for the struggle between kingdoms to end. Their shared vision for the future of Israel left them feeling at peace and hopeful. As the sun set, Abner rode back home with fire in his belly for a new kingdom under David. Moments after Abner's departure, Joab returned from a raid, bringing riches from the enemies of Israel. He came laughing with his men, excited to lay the bounty out before his king. My lord, see what your army has done for your kingdom. We have gold, silver, and livestock to secure a powerful attack against Abner and his armies. The rest of the men cheered behind Joab, beaming with excitement. David smiled and said, We may have no need to spend any of this on an attack against Israel. I have met with Abner, and he is lobbying with the elders and governors to secure me as king over Israel. Joab's smile disappeared immediately. His brow furrowed and his jaw clenched. He was visibly angry at David's words. You did what? Joab asked coarsely. Abner sent word to me not so long ago regarding a peace agreement. He is now our ally in removing Ishbosheth as king. He has opened up a way for us to peacefully unite the kingdoms instead of shedding any more blood. Joab turned to his men and yelled, Get out! The men quickly left the king's halls and shut the door. It was only David and Joab now. Joab drew a deep breath and spoke, saying, My king, what have you done? I have done the will of the Lord, Joab. You should rejoice that we no longer have to kill our brothers in Israel. Peace is upon us, David replied sternly. Joab's blood rose in temperature. He was indignant and blind with rage. The heart of Cain was taking hold. You allowed that treacherous snake to leave here alive? If you truly desired peace, you would have killed him when he entered these gates. Abner clearly came to deceive you. I have no doubt that he and his men took note of every part of Hebron, finding its weak points and vulnerabilities. Can't you see it was all a trap? David stood to his feet and scolded his commander. The true trap is laid out by vengeance and hatred, Joab. Sin knocks at your door. Resist it. We have here a chance for peace. Turn from the darkness boiling inside you and choose to embrace Abner as a brother. Joab looked up with pain in his eyes. He killed my brother, he whispered. I vowed to never forget what he has done. Joab stormed off into the night, bent on finding his revenge. It was late, and the clouds blocked out the full moon. A warm breeze flew through the sky, signaling the coming of summer. Joab left the presence of David in unhinged fury. His hands were shaking and sweat beat down from his brow. He grabbed the arm of his servant violently and said, Go and find Abner on his way back to Israel. Tell him King David has further negotiations to make before he goes back home. Have him meet at the cistern of Sirah. Go! The servant did as he was told and intercepted Abner on his return to Israel. He gave him the message and immediately Abner set course back to Hebron. The cistern of Sirah remained in the shadows near the gates of Hebron. Abner approached alone with his torch, stumbling through the narrow passageway to the cistern. A small crack in the clouds above illuminated the moonlight. Streaks of silver light danced down into the alleyway, 
revealing a hooded figure leaning against the wall. My king? Abner asked suspiciously. Why have you asked me to come here of all places? Is there something secret I am not aware of? The hooded figure took a step closer. I have come to speak of peace, he said, and the difficult things that must be done to achieve it. Abner grew more wary of the situation and reached back for his sword. However, before he could, the hooded figure leapt forward and stuck a dagger into Abner's stomach. Abner coughed up blood and looked up. The moonlight revealed the face behind the hood, the face of vengeance and hate. Joab. I told you the day would come when my brother's blood would be avenged. Joab said. Abner held Joab's hands helplessly as the dagger was driven further into him. Joab leaned over to whisper in Abner's ear. May the war die along with you. With those words, Abner breathed his last. Blood soaked the stone floor beside the cistern, and the clouds covered the moon once again, blocking out the light. After these things, it did not take long for word to reach David. Joab did not hide what he did, nor did he feel shame. David leaned over the table beside his throne and banged on the wood. He was angry that Joab had ruined the kingdom's chance to peacefully unite. He screamed and flipped over the table. The Nyad was present with him, also feeling the pain of a lost opportunity for peace. I and my kingdom are guiltless before the Lord, David said. The blood of Abner is on Joab's hands. May he reap the consequences. May punishment fall upon him, his children, and his children's children. May there not be a generation after him that does not fall by illness, by the sword, or by starvation. <laughs> the king fell to his knees and wept. He lamented the death of Abner, and even more, the death of his first attempt at peaceful unity. He gathered Joab and the rest of his men and said, Today is a day of mourning. For two years we have fought for a united Israel. We have lost men and brothers. Now, on the eve of a new agreement with Israel, Abner has been slain. Along with his death comes a harder path to peace. Tear your clothes and put on sackcloth in mourning for Abner. So the entire nation of Judah mourned over Abner. They buried him in Hebron and lamented his death. David made sure to show the entire nation that he did not desire Abner to be killed. He needed Israel to know that he was not responsible for his death. If the elders saw him mourning, they would be more willing to continue in peace talks. King David was acutely aware of how delicate the situation was. He needed them to believe him for the sake of the country. A song was written by David and passed around across the nations of Judah and Israel. A song of lament. For a mighty man of valor. Should Abner die as a fool dies? His hands were not bound, nor his feet fettered. As one falls before the wicked, he has fallen. Not all hope was lost for a united kingdom. The work Abner had done among the elders had laid a stable foundation for David to build upon. He was beloved among his people and even the nation of Israel had heard of David's tender heart and gentle spirit towards a perceived enemy. Even in chaos, God's chosen hero was renowned for his heart. The murder of Abner revealed a deep and dark reality of the human condition. Mankind would always seek to shed blood to right the wrongs done to them. 
yet all vengeance accomplished, was a further descent into darkness. It would take another shedding of blood to put an end to the darkness. It would take an act of mercy to triumph over the contempt. It would take an act of love to triumph over the hatred. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. We have a new villain in David's story, and it isn't Joab. No, as angry as we are with him, he is merely another victim to the ancient evil that has dwelt in the hearts of men since Cain, revenge. Our story began with a prelude, which is also a foreshadowing of things to come. We have spoken briefly about the story of Cain and Abel, but it is worth revisiting as it is one of the most fundamental stories ever told. The slaughter of Abel was our first real encounter with the corruption of sin. Cain was angry with God and took revenge on him by murdering Abel, an innocent man. God warned Cain beforehand, a trap is laid out before you. Vengeance and hatred are seeking to take you, Cain. Sin knocks at your door. Resist it. Do not let it rule over you. Sin is depicted not as an act, but as a person. Someone who is hunting Cain and wanting to rule over him. Sin is indeed a foe to be conquered, but Cain was not the hero to overcome it. That hero would come much later to vanquish sin, revenge, and death once and for all. When Cain took revenge on God by killing Abel, he began a terrible cycle that couldn't be stopped. Cain destroyed the chance for peace between him and his brother by spilling his blood. In doing so, he started a pattern. A pattern of vengeance instead of forgiveness. A pattern of hatred instead of love. A pattern of war instead of peace. The pattern of hatred repeats itself in episode 20, but it didn't begin with Joab. There was a more subtle revenge before Joab's acts in the alley. The first act of revenge we see in the story is Abner taking the king's concubine for himself and concealing it from him. You may be thinking, that doesn't seem like revenge to me, but it is. The narrator gives us a glimpse into Abner's mind during this episode. Abner feels like he is owed the pleasure of the king's concubine. After all, he has done so much for the king and received very little thanks. Then, when Abner is confronted, he lashes out and takes revenge on Isbesheth by 
allying himself with David. It's a messy way to start an alliance, and it turns out to get even more messy. Revenge can be more subtle than repaying evil for evil. It can begin with quiet contempt for another person. How is contempt conceived? It can begin by feeling unappreciated and undervalued. When someone feels unappreciated, they can make excuses for bad behavior. I deserve this can be a mantra that justifies indulgence. This is often how someone who works in a stressful job justifies too many drinks, or a spouse who feels unappreciated justifies an affair. People do these things to punish the people they have contempt for, but they are actually punishing themselves. Abner seems genuinely in love, and perhaps he is, but that isn't the point. The point is that he is clearly regretting who he's aligned with and has a growing contempt for Saul's son that boils over into revenge. Abner has a heated and one-sided argument with Ishbosheth, then leaves in a rage to make peace with David. David, in contrast to Ishbosheth, is thriving in Judah. He has brought stability and security to the small nation through trade agreements and peace treaties. However, there's an elephant in the room we need to address. David has collected six wives in seven years and sired many children with them. Remember when we talked about the difference between prescriptive and descriptive events in the Bible? This is a good example of something that is descriptive, not prescriptive. Just because David had six wives does not mean God says it's okay. In the ancient world, many pacts between nations and tribes were sealed through marriage. So that is a possible reason for David's growing family. There's also the reality that the more children you had, the more secure your legacy was. As king, David's responsibility was to have as many children as possible, and having several wives made that easier. This is not a justification, just a reality we have to accept. Beniah a voice of reason in David's life, briefly warned him about marrying too many women. This was a foreshadowing of difficult things to come. I can't think of one example in Scripture where marrying several people turned out well for someone. This should tell us enough about God's opinion on the matter. Abner realizes that he's made a mistake by hitching his wagon to the wrong horse. This is a common theme in Scripture. Sometimes you need to get what you want in order to realize you shouldn't have wanted it to begin with. We can all relate to this on some level, right? Sometimes we pine after something, sacrifice everything in pursuit of it, then realize it was the wrong thing to pursue. Jesus said it best by asking, what good is it if a man gains the whole world but loses his soul? Abner has that moment and wants to correct it. He shows a great deal of humility in this chapter. He makes an alliance with David, and we get a taste of peace. David is excited to finally negotiate peace instead of fighting for it. There is an important line in this story that I want us to focus on for a moment. The narrator says, David, he had dreams of being a king of peace, not just war. This is a sad line, because unfortunately for David, he will be a man of war his whole life. It is the role he has been given to set the kingdom up for success. We will revisit this theme later in the series. David is so close to peace, so close. However, revenge has its teeth sunk deeply into Joab's heart. David warns him the same way God warned Cain. The true trap is laid out by vengeance and hatred, Joab. Sin knocks at your door. Resist it. 
You have here a chance for peace. Turn from the darkness boiling inside you and choose to embrace Abner as a brother. Just as Cain refused to hear God, Joab refused to hear David. He goes against the king's wishes and kills Abner. David is livid. Joab has ruined the chance at peace. Bloodshed always begets more bloodshed, and the blood of Abner means more Israelite men will have to fall in battle. David tries to undo what Joab has done, but it is an uphill battle. David's character and good witness is going to be put to the test. Will the elders of Israel take David at his word that he had nothing to do with Abner's death? The end of this episode suggests that David's reputation as a man of honor may keep them from further war. Another important theme in this episode is the power of a good name. King Solomon, David's son, who we will meet eventually in this series, he said this, A good name is better than precious ointment. David's reputation may be the only thing that saves them from catastrophe. This is a good lesson for us. Does our reputation earn us the benefit of the doubt? If we aren't careful, dishonesty and gossip can ruin our witness to others. And when we need people to give us grace, we may not receive it. At the end of the episode, we're told not all hope was lost for United Kingdom. The work Abner had done among the elders had laid a stable foundation for David to build upon. He was beloved among his people, and even the nation of Israel had heard of David's tender heart and gentle spirit toward a perceived enemy. Even in chaos, God's chosen hero was renowned for his heart. Will David's good character clean up the mess Joab made? We will find out in our next episode, United and Prepared. Thanks again for listening. For more inspiring stories, daily prayers, and wisdom to last a lifetime, go to Pray.com. And to expand your Heroes in the Bible journey, download the Heroes of the Faith devotional at TonyEvans.org forward slash heroes. Write a review and let us know how this podcast has impacted your life. God bless. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.